Let us get going. So today's daf is daf nun gimel, page 53. We pick up from the very top, the Mishnah. We're going to have a number of Mishnayis on today's daf. We're going to be zeichet to finish the parak, to finish the sixth parak of Mesech HaSedarim. And just remember, keep in mind that the, the, the underlying idea that we've been focusing on and will continue to focus on on today's daf is that when somebody makes a nether, we determine what you're obligated in by how society and the mind understood your words. Okay? If you say something, it's whatever is expected for those words to mean, that's what is now going to be forbidden to you. Okay? And that's going to be the avaida and the underlying idea for the entirety of today's daf. All right, let us get going. Zok the Mishnah. A person makes another forbidding himself from eating tomorrow, from eating dates. Mutter bidvash tomorrow. You could still eat the honey that comes from dates. Because people don't call honey that comes from dates, dates. Since I said dates, people, since honey is called something different, I can still eat the honey. It's understood that would be okay. All right. Misitvaniyais. What if a person says, I'm not going to eat sitvaniyais? Sitvaniyais is translated as winter grapes, but let's explain what this is. We'll call it kind of like. Uh, grapes that are never going to fully mature. So, you know, sometimes the longer you leave something, the more it will grow. There are certain, certain at times, fruits, those who are experts in it could tell, it's never really going to fully develop into a grape. Just not happening. So, mutter b'chaymetz sitvaniyes. If I say, I'm not going to eat these grapes that never are going to fully mature, you could still drink the vinegar that comes from these grapes. These grapes are not are not good enough to produce wine. And these grapes are not, nobody's going to eat them. But they can produce vinegar. So therefore, I said I'm forbidden to, you know, use these grapes, these winter grapes that are not going to mature, are not going to fully ripen. So we say, you can't eat the grapes. But the vinegar, even though it's expected that it's going to be used for vinegar, but since it's called something else, it's going to be allowed. says, no. He argues, he says, Whenever the juice or something that comes out of an item is called with the same name, and you make a nether from it, even anything that comes out is also going to be forbidden. So something that comes out of an item, if it's called that name, is actually also going to be usher. So according to him, according to Rabbi Huda, date honey... Will be forbidden if you if you say no dates, you cannot eat date honey, because people call it date honey, and anything that's called that name, and you know that's where it comes from, is also going to be usher. For us, oranges. Guy says I forbid oranges. He says, listen, orange juice. You know it came from oranges. You know it's where it comes from, and it's called. I'll shame that. It's called by that name. So anything that comes from it, since it's connected with the same name. If I say no oranges, it even includes orange juice. I say no dates, it even includes the prohibition on date honey. The Chacham and Matir, Chacham say it's allowed. Now this is strange. The Gemara is going to challenge this right away because, I mean, what are these last two words saying? We said, the mission just said, the Tanakama holds. Yeah, Tanakama holds. What are the Chacham adding? Tanakama said it's fine. Rabbi said, no, it's not fine. And the Chum say it's fine. It's the same thing as Tanakama. Like, the Chum are the Tanakama. What are these, what are these last two words doing here? The Tanakama told us it's mutter. 
So let's let's get into the Gemara. Ask the Gemara this question: Chacham Hanu Tanakama, the Chacham Matirim is the same exact psak as the Tanakama. To which the Gemara says, no, there's actually going to be a difference between the way the Tanakama wrote the halacha and the Chacham. It's going to come out in Afkamina a difference. How so? A case of the following gave us a rule. Ready for this? Here we go. This is very logical. Follow the, the thought process. Any item that's usually eaten. And and it's also usual to eat things that come out of it. Okay? Dates, date honey. Kigain tomorrow mudvash tomorrow. Normal tea dates, normal tea date honey. Nadarbai, if let's say you make a vow forbidding the dates itself, you're not allowed to eat the honey. Because they're both eaten. However, what if a person says, I'm making a vow from date honey? He didn't say dates. Our case was he's made a vow from dates. What happens if he takes a vow, I will not eat date honey? What if he only says no date honey? Then, you know what Allah is? Asr bai. You can't eat dates. Meaning, it goes both ways. Any food item, where whatever comes out of it, is also eaten, then it doesn't, make, it doesn't matter if you forbid yourself the item itself, or you forbid what which comes out of the item, it's going to be an all-inclusive prohibition. However, here we go. Kol she'ein Let's say you have a food item that is not usually eaten. So it doesn't even necessarily be called a food item. Maybe we'll just call it an item, a growth. Okay, It's not usually eaten. But you do eat that which comes from it. There are, there are certain items where it itself you won't eat, but the juice that comes out of it, the fluids, the liquid, the sap, whatever it is, that's going to come from it, would eat. So then, here we go. No, Derbo, if you forbid yourself from the item itself, which is not usually eaten, you know what you're prohibited to eat? Only that which comes out. Follow along. Let's take an example. The example is going to be, um, if you have, um, you have uh, an item uh, an item that nobody eats it raw, but if you cut it open, delivers delicious juice. And you forbid yourself from the item. You just mentioned the item in your vow. The halacha is, you cannot drink the juice. The item itself is still okay. Why? Because obviously, when people speak about the item, they don't usually mean the item itself, because that's not usually eaten. They're generally talking about that which comes out of the item. Not that it's a, so you're only going to be prohibited on that which comes out, even though you only mention the item itself. However, because automatically we're going to say that anything that comes out of it is the, had that direct intention on it. Okay, so the bottom line is the Gemara is answering that Chacham Matir and Chacham are going to agree with, um, with Rav Shem Ben Elazar in this case. Where you only have something where people eat that which comes out and not the item itself, but the Tanakama would argue on that. Beautiful. Okay, next Mishnah. Here we go. Continuing on this theme of when you say something, we're going to 
follow how the normal understanding um, would be. And a guy says, I'm making a vow, I'm prohibiting wine. You could drink wine that comes from apples. There's various ways to make wines. Okay? But what is wine? Grape wine. When you talk a conversation with somebody and you use wine, nobody thinks you're talking about wine from other fruit. Unless you specifically mention it. So a guy says, I'm making a vow, I'm prohibiting wine on myself. Allah is, you could still drink wine that comes from anything else besides for grapes. Men shaman. Guy says, I'm prohibiting oil. Oil means, the Gemara is going to clarify what locale you live in. Oil generally means olive oil. Okay? So the guy says, I'm forbidding myself from drinking oil. We say, you could have sesame oil, so on and so forth. These other oils are going to be fine. Yeah, avocado oil, yeah, no olive oil. Mindvash, guy says, hey, I'm not eating honey. You're still allowed to eat date honey. Why? Because generally when people talk about honey, you know which honey they're referring to? Bees. Now this is fascinating because in the Torah, Eretz Zavas Chalavudvash, the land flow of milk and honey, is actually referring to date honey. But remember, what is a nether dependent on? Is it dependent on a verse in the Torah? Or is it dependent on how people understand and use this word? It goes by how people use the word. And since most people in society, at least in the times of Mishnah, referred to honey as bee honey, so if you forbid honey, you could still eat honey from dates. I'm not going to drink vinegar. That is regular vinegar, still mutter b'chaymetz sesvanayis. This is what we learned in the last Mishnah. These were these grapes that were never going to mature. And they were only used for vinegar, but it was a unique type of vinegar different type of vinegar. If you forbid vinegar, you could still have uh, the vinegar from these winter grapes. Minha Kreshin, a person says, I'm not going to eat leek. Mutter bikaflutais. He's allowed to eat leek that's not yet edible or prepared. Okay? Min yarak. If a person says, I'm not going to eat, yarak literally is greens. We'll translate it here as vegetables. Mutter biyarakais hasada. You're allowed to eat um like leafy growths that grow out in the field, outside of people's gardens, shehu shem levoy. Shem levoy. It's another name. It's another name. It's, it's called something else. That's what shem levoy. It's called something else. Things that grow out there, out in the field, are not called yarak. Yarak is things that are locally grown, local gardens, things that people go, they pluck, they sell it. They, uh, things that are growing out in the wild, growing out in the fields, that has a shame lavoy, it's got a different name. It's not included in Yarak, and therefore, if you make a vow to forbid the, the Yarakais, you may still eat the the wild uh, the, the wild lettuces and the wild greens. Okay. Fine. Says the Gemara, to clarify, Tani we learned to the Brisa, Again, remember this is gonna be simple because it all depends on the understanding. So a person says no oil, I forbidding oil, and he's in Eretz Yisrael. So What's oil in Eretz Yisrael? How did we learn it when we explained the Mishnah? Olive oil. You're still allowed to have oil from sesame. And this includes other oils as well. You just can't have olive oil. However, Bebavel, in a different country, such as Bavel, where sesame oil apparently was more common than olive oil, 
If you say no oil, so now you can't have sesame oil. You could have olive oil. Why? Because it goes by the meaning of the words where you say. Let's say you're in a place where they use both. If you say oil, people aren't sure whether you're referring to sesame oil or olive oil. And you say oil. Okay, so now oil applies to both categories. And you cannot have any type of oil. This is all simple. This is basic. This is obvious stuff. So why do you got to mention it? The Gemara says, no, there's actually a, 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 a chiddush over here. Why? We're talking about a case, even in, the, in a locale where we'll call it 80-20, where, you know, perhaps even in a place like our, our society where we live in right now, if you call somebody up and you would ask to borrow oil, what type of oil do you think they would send you? I don't think it would be olive oil. Unless you specifically ask for olive oil. It could be. It could be. I know when, I, when you know, there are people who go shopping for shul and yeah, we're low on oil in the kitchen from they prepare kiddush. You know, some people will come back, if, you don't, if you're not specific, some people will come back with canola oil. Some people will come back with vegetable oil. People come different oils. Like there's so many oils out there. If a guy's, if a person's more healthy, they might spend a little more money and come back with avocado oil, or whatever it is, right? Or even olive oil, vegetable oil, right? They have all these different types that are out there. So he says the chiddush over here is: What happens if you have a place where most people, let's say, use sesame oil, eighty percent, but twenty percent use olive oil, or eighty percent use olive oil and twenty percent use sesame oil? I would, I would have thought, just follow the majority of people in your locale. Kamash Mulan comes to let us know, that since over here by Nadarim, we're dealing with a biblical issue, if there's any, even the slight, the, the smallest doubt about what type of oil the, the, the one who took the vow was referring to, we're going to say it applies to any oil that could have been meant. Okay. If a person makes a vow saying, I'm not going to have veggies, I'm not going to have greens, if it's outside of Shemitah, now during Shemitah, where people don't own their fields, it was more common to go get wild greens. But during the six years, why would somebody go out and get wild greens? Just take from the, take from, uh, you know, your vegetable patch, right? So on a regular year, we'll call it, you're not allowed to eat regular Veggies from the garden. But you could eat, like we learned in our Mishnah, vegetables from the field. However, however, let's say you took the vow during Shemitah, then Taka Asr Is Taka actually going to be the opposite? You're going to be forbidden to have the wild greens, because that's more common for people to go to. And it still would be permitted to have the vegetables that grow in the garden. Am Rebbevo Mishra Vachim Ben Gamliel. Rebbevo says in the name Rebbe Chaim Gamliel, top of Nun Gimel Amud Beis. La Yishan Al Makom Shein Mivin Yerek Michutz Laaretz Eretz Yisrael. This halacha about during Shemitah it being usher to have the wild greens, but not the the greens from the garden, is only when they would not bring in veggies from Chutz Laaretz to Eretz Yisrael. A Makom Shemivin Yerek Michutz Laaretz Eretz Yisrael usher. He says like this. You know, what if they have a great import business, for example, and Eretz Yisrael, let's say it was common for them to, during Shemitah, to import veggies from outside Eretz Yisrael 
to uh, you know to help make up the the lack of growth because nobody's planting. So then there's still ample amount of of vegetables from the from the garden. In other words, grown fruit, specific food, veggies specifically for eating. Even that is going to be usher because during shemitah, when somebody says veggies, they can even be referring to vegetables that are purposely grown. Because there's a great import business of these types of vegetables. Again, all it depends on, it's all the same idea. Just bringing it out in, in different forms to clarify for us. When a person says something, you have to look around, see what's taking place in society, in the environment, the import-export business, what's usual, what do people mean when they say oil? What do people mean when they say Iraqis? What is come? What's it? And that's what you're going to be obligated to follow through on. Tonight, like we learned there's actually a fascinating dispute whether you're allowed to bring vegetables, whether you're allowed to import veggies from outside Eretz Yisrael to Eretz Yisrael. And the, the, the machoikas about whether you're allowed to import vegetables has to do, interestingly, with the earth, the soil. The Rabbanon made an automatic tumah, an impurity, on the soil of outside Eretz Yisrael. It's a separate sugya, but it comes up in a few different places in Shas. Outside Eretz Yisrael, the earth has a rabbinic tumah. Rabbinic tumah. For various reasons. We're concerned. There's an opinion that we're concerned. That if people import vegetables from outside Eretz to Eretz then there's going to be earth that are still connected to the vegetables. And that's going to bring the rabbinic tumah to Eretz Yisrael. And we don't want that. Because it could be matame things. Okay, it could bring... You have... You have too much tumah lying around, now all of a sudden it's going to cause issues with the land of Eretz Yisrael. All right? So there's a machlekes about whether you're even allowed to import the veggies. There's an opinion, you're not allowed to import vegetables from outside Eretz Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael. No, he's not concerned. So you see that there's a machlekes tanoim about whether or not vegetables can be brought in. And, depending on that machlekes, how you hold, That'll depend on when you make a vow during Shemitah on your Akais, if you hold you could import veggies. So now it's still going to be forbidden to have the garden vegetables. If you hold it's usher to import veggies, if you make a vow during Shemitah, it's only going to apply to the field vegetables. My time at Gush because of the earth, because of the Tumah that connects to the earth. Okay, here we go. Last Mishnah in our parak. Continuing on this theme, different phrases and expressions of vows and what, what's included. Menakrov osr asparagus. If a person says I'm forbidden to eat cabbage, it's osr to eat asparagus. Now asparagus, interesting shail over here, whether it's referring to the asparagus that we have, apparently it is slightly connected to the cabbage world. Uh, I, I believe that um, th- there's other opinions that uh, asparagus can uh, be the soup that they cook cabbage in, like after they would cook cabbage, the, the, the soup that's there also might have a name of asparagus, something connected to cabbage, but a different name. So if you say, I'm usher and krov, you cannot even have this asparagus, min asparagus. If you talk about the prohibition of asparagus, you could still eat the krov itself, mutter bekrov. Nobody assumes that you mean the cabbage. Min greasen, if a person forbids himself from eating greasen. Greasen is... Uh, like chopped up grains and corn, aser b'mikvah. So you're not allowed to eat mikvah. Mikvah we're going to translate as an old time cholent. Now, what's an old time cholent? So there was there was uh, uh, there's a question in Judaism 
that used to bother me when I was younger. Very, very, very important question. Right? Very important question. Who started the minug of carrots on gefilte fish? Who started that minug? Very important question. Yeah? So, as the, the joke goes, how do you know which fish in the ocean is a gefilte fish? It's the fish that swim around with carrots on their nose. Okay, that's how, that's how you know. Who started this minute? So, all right, didn't know at first. I didn't know. Then I was told, told, that when people didn't have the type of dishes that we have nowadays, so they would, it was, they would take whatever vegetables they had, their carrots, their onions, and whatever, and they would just cook it with the fish, get some flavor. That's how they would just bring flavor to the carrots and bring flavor to the fish, and they... They would make a mush, they whatever, whatever they had. So this mikvah, this mikvah was a mush of all these cut up corns and grains and vegetables and garlic and spices. Whatever they had, they would just throw it into a pot like a chalant, whatever they had, and they would cook it up and it would be a nice soup. That's it, just tzazam and everything together, yeah. Throw, throw, throw in the carrot, the onion, the this, the that, and then they had one dish. That was a beautiful soup. So if you say... I'm not eating the greasing. Greasing was a very common, these, these cut up grains and corns, was very common to put into the mikvah. So you cannot even eat a mikvah. Mik, mikvah, not mikvah, mikvah, okay? Rabbi says it's fine. Min mikvah. If you say I'm not eating this old time chalant, greasing, then you're still allowed to eat the greasing. Because greasing didn't necessarily go, it was common, but it wasn't, didn't necessarily go Ben mikvah also bashum. If let's say you say I'm not eating this chalent, you cannot eat garlic because garlic was very often included in this chalent. Everybody thought about garlic when you thought about this mikvah. Rabbi Yisimati, Rabbi says still okay. Ben ashum mutter ben mikvah. If you make a nether from garlic, fine. That doesn't include a mikvah. A mikvah includes garlic. Garlic doesn't include mikvah. Ben adoshin. I'm not eating lentils. Also bashishim. You can't even eat fried lentils. Rabbi Yisimati, Rabbi says no. You could. Different name, menashishim but badashim. I'm not going to eat fried lentils. It's mutter to eat regular lentils. Chita, chita and sheni time. I'm not eating, he says, grains, wheat, grain, wheat, grain. I'm not, eat, I'm not, uh, any time, I'm not tasting. Asr behem ben kemach ben So now, since you said it twice, you can't eat flour from grain and you cannot eat bread from grain. Because since you said it twice, we're assuming that means you're including anything that has grain. Gris, grease, and sheni time. Asr behem ben chayim ben vushalom. It's forbidden, whether it's raw, whether it's cooked. I'm making a kainam, a vow from gris or chitin. I'm not going to taste them. Mutter, lachos, chayim. Even though you said you're not going to eat them, you're still permitted to chew them. Okay. Tanya. I'm not going to taste any wheat grain. You're not let to bake it. But it is permitted to chew. Chitin she'eni time. I'm not eating. I'm not eating a chitin. Okay, before he said chita. Now he's saying chitim. Aser lachos. Now you're not allowed to chew it. Umotor lefais. But you are permitted to bake it and change it into bread. Chita chitim she'eni time. What if he says both chita chitim she'eni time? Aser bein lachos bein lefais. Either one is going to be aser. Gris she'eni time. What about the gris? Remember these ground up corns and grains? Asr lavashel, you can't cook them, but umutter lachos, you could chew them. There's no problem. It's not commonly done. 
grease in any time. I'm not going to taste the grease Asher lachos. Ooh, mutter Then you can't chew because you're focusing on the grain itself. The grain itself was commonly chewed. So you can't chew it, but you could cook it because now it's going to change. Gris, greasin. What if you say both? Shayni time. Asher bein lavasho, bein lachos. You just included everything and in your vow. And therefore, whether you are chewing it, whether you are cooking it, no matter how you want to use these greasin, it is going to be asher. Okay, beautiful. Hadron Allah, Hanaidam and Amavoshul, Hadron Allah, Hanaidam and Amavoshul, Hadron Allah, Hanaidam and Amavoshul, Beshem, we're going to return to you. Helegus 6 Perak of Nedarim. We will hold it here for today, Beshem, tomorrow on Matzi Shabbos. We will pick up from our new Perak, the seventh Perak of Nedarim from Daf Nundalid. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos.